0: Hi everyone, and welcome to the So My Sister podcast. My name is
1: Sarah, and mine is Taylor. We started the So My Sister podcast because we want to help Christian women thrive in the life that God gave them and to provide uplifting and encouraging content for all of our sisters in Christ. Both learning how
0: to love yourself and glorify God and who you are by diving into the Bible and seeing how it relates to being a Christian woman today. We hope you join us each week as we
1: learn right along with you. So my sisters, let's get started. So my sisters, I am so excited because while Sarah is enjoying her spring break with her family in Texas, we have a very special guest here with us, my best friend Ayana, more affectionately known as Yanni or Yan. Ayana, whichever you guys prefer, is here to talk to us about missions, growing up on the mission field, and navigating seasons of transition. I just wanted to give a little disclaimer before we start. For safety reasons, we are not able to disclose the country that Ayana grew up in or will be serving in in the near future, so we just ask that all of our sisters be respectful of that. Another disclaimer, I am sick. I have been sick for two weeks now, and I don't necessarily see a light at the end of the tunnel. I've just kind of accepted that I'm going to have a stuffy nose, maybe for the rest of my life. So I will accept and appreciate all of the prayers if you guys have time throughout your day because, frankly, I'm tired of it. But enough about me. I am so excited to introduce Ayana. We became friends move-in day of our freshman year at Bible College. And Yanni, can you believe that our freshman year of college was seven years ago? No, I feel so old. Oh my gosh. I know. Sometimes I do feel like I am still 18, but then I look in the mirror and I realize that I am an adult with a mortgage and a husband and it feels super weird But a little embarrassing thing on my part, um, like I said, Ayana and I met move-in day of our freshman year, and we were in her dorm room for some reason, and I was like, Ayana, there is a cute guy outside moving someone in on our floor. And she was like, Taylor, you have to get him to take a picture of us just to grab his attention. And he did. And literally nothing came of it. But I do still have the picture and it's beautiful and I will literally never delete it. We have had sometimes too much fun in college. Um, One day we were skipping curfew because we went to Bible college. So we had a curfew. And we were downtown St. Louis right in front of the art museum and Ayana, if you've been to St. Louis, you know the fountain that I'm talking about that's like on Art Hill. Ayana convinced me and another one of our friends to jump in the fountain at 1 a.m. And I did it and it was disgusting and I will never forget how truly gross that was. But since our freshman year of college, Ayana has been a constant in my life and a great shoulder to lean on, and I just love her more than life, and I'm so excited to have her on the podcast today. Ayana, would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself, anything and everything you feel comfortable sharing about?
0: Hi, sisters. I am so excited to be on this podcast. I have been a fan since the first episode since day one. I'm so excited for Sarah and Taylor, and I'm just excited to be here on this podcast. But a little Uh, about me. My name is Ayana. I am an MK or missionary kid. I was born in Mississippi but grew up overseas from age 7 to 18. I came back to the States for college where I attended Urgent and graduated with a bachelor's degree in organizational leadership. For all the Enneagram girlies out there, I'm an Enneagram 4, wing 3. I love matcha. I love my plants. I love baking. And pretty much anything creative. And of course, I love traveling. My senior year at Urshan, I met my husband and we got married in 2020. We are currently living in the great state of Indiana. And shortly before marrying, we both expressed a desire to help and serve in missions. We have already served one term on AIM to assist with my parents. We are currently raising funds to go back to the country I grew up to serve and assist in any way we are able. missions has been my heartbeat since I can remember as a kid before my parents even agreed to be on AIM. I remember my parents just preparing me for the one day we would be going overseas to be missionaries. And it was at age seven, I felt my own burden and calling into missions. And I'm so excited I get to do it with my husband.
1: I love you so much. I remember when we had first met and you were just telling me about your life and your calling. And I was just like, How are you real? Ayana is the most well-traveled, just cultured person I know, and her life just feels like a movie sometimes. She has lived the coolest experiences ever, and I just feel like such a lucky person to get to know her. So my sisters, we talk a lot on the podcast about how important the body of Christ is and how each of us are called to different areas of ministry. Sarah and I love getting to talk to you all about what we're called to do, but we want to give you the opportunity to hear from people who have served in other capacities in ministry. And I think Ayana is the perfect person to talk to us about missions and navigating life through seasons of transitions and how to trust God through those seasons. Whenever I think of missions, the very first verse that always pops into my mind is Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, and it says, Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you, and remember I am with you always to the end of the age. I love the context of this verse because it was right after Jesus had risen from the grave and he went to his disciples and gave this big command. Mind you, even though some of them were still doubting that Jesus had risen from the grave, even though they were looking right at him, he gives this command and tells them to go and tell all the nations about Jesus and to spread his gospel. But he also gives them the reassurance and the peace Giving reminder that he is going to be with them always. We know now that we are his disciples and even though the calling he has placed on our lives may seem huge and overwhelming, we know that Jesus is always with us. To the ends of the earth, he is going to guide our footsteps and carry our future. So my sisters, today if you're struggling to grasp What God has called you to do, please remember that no matter what avenue of ministry He's called you to, He is with you always. So, Yanni, you have a wealth of knowledge to share with us about missions and just ministry in general. What are some of the words of advice you would give to anyone who feels called to foreign missions?
0: Yeah, so I personally think that everyone in their lifetime should do some sort of missions trip. Regardless if you feel like missions is a part of your calling or not, I think that it can open a lot of doors for you. Like in the States, we are in a unique setting where there is a mix of so many different cultures and ethnicities and religions that saturating yourself in another country and culture will enable you to have an understanding and broadened worldview to equip you to reach the local cities within America. I feel like in the States... We can be isolated and in our own little bubble that we, ha- we don't have the understanding of how to approach or reach out into some of the unique ethnic communities that are within our cities. A scripture that always speaks to me and that has convicted me more and more recently is Romans ten thirteen through 15, which states, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him on whom they have not believed? And how will they believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. My bit of advice would be to first talk to your pastor if he isn't already aware of your burden. It is also so important to have leadership you are submitted to who is supporting and believing in you can also push you towards success. Second, if you are drawn to a particular region but have never left America or had experience in different cultures, I would recommend grabbing a friend and searching for those local restaurants, cafes, and perhaps various ethnic communities in your area to acquaint yourself with.
1: Ayana was the first person that introduced me or broadened my horizons to ethnic food. Now I will eat anything. But before I went to college, I was not an adventurous eater at all. And Ayana and I would go to – what was the Mediterranean restaurant called that we would always go to? Yeah,
0: so it was called Classique. Shout out to Classique. Shout out to Classique.
1: They had the best food ever. We would go there and we would get lentil soup, chicken shawarma, and – french fries because Mediterranean restaurants have the best french fries in the game
0: 100% a staple like you have to always have the french fries
1: they're so good so Ayana really just broadened my horizons and Blake is very thankful because (laughs) I don't know what he would have done if he married a picky eater
0: yeah so definitely grab a friend and hit up those local coffee shops and other like you know, foodie places and just kind of get a taste of the culture and food. Other avenues I would highly suggest, depending on your experience, would be to look into attending a Global Connections or going with a group on Youth on Missions or Apostolic Youth Corps. And of course, go on a solo trip on AIM to help a missionary family.
1: So Yana, for the listeners that don't know, do you know the acronym, um, what AIM stands for? So it's AIM and it's um, not long term, but also not short term missions. It's somewhere between like a month and a year that you can go on this program. Do you know what the acronym is called?
0: Yeah. So AIM stands for Associate Admissions. And I believe the minimum months that you can go on AIM is two or three, I kind of want to say three. And Um, if you're a single young woman, um, missionary families will, you know, take you in and just kind of look after you like, like their own family typically. So it's not something to be, you know, intimidated by. You'll definitely have support. You'll have, um, you know, you won't be on your own.
1: I love that you brought that up. Um, there are definitely a lot of resources, especially for single people who are wanting to go overseas and do missions. Um, AIM is a really great program. And like Ayana said, they're not you're never gonna be like left out to dry or like thrown to the wolves, if that makes sense. Like there are people that will walk you through every step of the process and you'll get to know the missionary family before you do um, go overseas.
0: Other ways to prepare would be putting yourself out there to establish relationships, exposing yourself to different cultures, getting your hands on curriculum and books on how to reach various religions and cultures, perhaps learning a language and culture to acquaint yourself with if you don't already know an instrument, start applying yourself in areas that would bring forth fruit and blessings to whatever country or region God is placing you.
1: I remember when we were in college, there was a girl who knew that she was called to a Spanish-speaking country, so she changed her phone settings to Spanish as a way to help her learn the language better. Now, she did know a little bit of Spanish before she did this. So if you feel like you are called to a country like China, don't change your settings in your phone to Chinese if you know literally nothing about the language because you (laughs) might find yourself in a pickle And at that point. But um, some other tips that I would just like to give everyone who feels called to global missions or foreign missions, but Is it in the season of their life where they're ready to pack up, hop on a plane, and start ministering in other countries? You can pray for the country or region you feel called to. You can pray for the missionaries that are currently in that country or region. You can pray that God prepares your heart for when it is time to make those next steps in your ministry. And always you are able to support current missionaries financially.
0: I also want to add that everyone's timeline in life looks so different. From age seven, I felt a call into missions. And the Global Missions family are people who feel like true family to me. However, my husband's journey is so different from mine. The past couple of years, he has developed his own burden to serve in missions. And it's easy to fall into a comparison trap. We all know this, but I believe that it is truly a hindrance. So focus on what God can do through you and apply yourself for the tomorrow in the waiting.
1: Yes, we just spoke about this in our last episode, and I truly believe that comparison is just a trick of the enemy to get us off track. And I love that you brought up that all of our paths look different, including our spouses. And if you and your spouse of all people can have different paths that led you to your callings, it is only natural that each of our sisters in Christ have different paths as well. So Yana, what are some of the struggles you faced as a missionary or what are some of the things you wish others could understand a little bit better about foreign missions?
0: First off, missions is such a rewarding calling, but with any missions, there are days that it can be difficult. I know a lot of missionaries, even the well-seasoned ones, oftentimes deal with loneliness, the feeling of being forgotten, sometimes going long periods of time where they are separated from family and friends, not having fellow ministry friends in close proximity to just grab coffee with. Or even isolation, either due to being in a new environment with a language or cultural barrier. And it's not easy seeing nieces and nephews growing up and aging parents and grandparents. I remember as a kid coming off the deputation trail. We had just moved to a new area and region of the country in which we were serving. And I was crying to my dad on how... Much I missed my older sister who was at college at the time and also how lonely I was. And to paint a better picture, my entire life, I have loved every second of being a missionary kid. The good has always outweighed the lonely times. And looking back and as a couple who wants to have kids of their own one day, I can imagine how difficult that must have been for my parents to hear. But I'm so thankful for their wisdom and I'm so blessed that they were they were blessed with great examples of previous missionary families who had poured into them the knowledge and wisdom they had learned to help raise and overcome those lonely years. But back to what I was mentioning earlier, I remember my dad praying with me and he read this scripture, Mark ten twenty nine and 31. Jesus said, for sure, I tell you, There are those who have given up houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands because of me and the good news. They will get back 100 times as much now at this time in houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands. Along with this will they have very much trouble, but they will have life that lasts forever in this world to come. Many who are first will be last and many who are last will be first. This scripture swept such a peace over me, and during those hard days, I would come back to the scripture. Every prayer I had prayed for friends was answered, whether that was new friendship overseas, or when God blessed me with an abundant group of godly friends when I came back to the States for college. Something I would encourage listeners to do would be to reach out to a missionary, either on social media or email. It would mean the world to a missionary, or even an MK, to be able to connect to someone and to be able to to be encouraged. With your pastor's blessing, especially make an effort to be connected to the missionaries that you feel called to their area or region. I can't tell you how impactful it was during some of the loneliest of months we would receive a message or call from someone in America who felt, led to reach out and
1: pray for us. That is such good advice. And I'm so glad that you brought those points up. And if any of our listeners who do feel called to missions, even if you're not necessarily called to missions, but you're called to ministry, if you don't have um, someone who is currently on the mission field or was a missionary kid in your life, I would encourage you to reach out and start making those connections and form at least one relationship because one, it blesses them. It, it, reaching out to them blesses a missionary and lets them know that someone over in America is praying for them and supporting them, even though they can't be there physically. But it also is very humbling just being friends with Ayana and her husband, David. It's very humbling to hear the stories of loneliness that they went through and the trials that they went through overseas because it is a whole nother ball field than I feel like anything I faced in the States. I feel like anytime I'm faced with loneliness, it is not even in the same playing field as a missionary who packed up everything they own and moved to a country where they didn't even necessarily know the language when they first moved there. Last not last week, but the week before last we were in St. Louis, before and after um our vacation. And my parents had my whole family over for like a game night. And I look over and I see my little cousin wearing one of my old hoodies. It was like my old youth group hoodie and it had my nickname on the back. And I was like, is that my hoodie? First of all, where'd she even get that? And second, why is she wearing it? And my aunt was like, she wears that hoodie every single day. And I was a wreck when we left i sobbed the entire way back to sarah's house because it just made me miss everyone so much but like you said it is so hard to come back to wherever you moved from or come back to the states after you're done with your like term in missions and just see that life went on without you and um i feel like the only way that we get through those seasons and those transitions is through the help of christ
0: yeah it definitely is only through the peace that you feel when you're in God's will. I remember as we were leaving to go back to our country, it was always the same. It was always my grandparents, my aunt, and my sisters that would come with us to the airport to say goodbye. And every time it was this huge ordeal of you know, crying and sobbing, and we're a very close, tight-knit family. And so saying goodbye was just always the hardest hardest time. And I remember being packed up with all of our suitcases, our carry-ons, just like loaded out to the max because we didn't know when we were coming back to America. You know, for my parents, they didn't know when they would be coming back to see their parents. And it's hard when they're getting older too. Like sometimes you don't know who you're coming back to. But I'll never forget the piece. It was like that step, that first step of of turning away from our, our family and leaving them in America. I always felt this peace, this reminder, like God speaking to me like, this is my will and you're in it. That sadness would just be turned away with this empowerment of, of peace and knowing that I was in God's perfect will.
1: I love that so much. And I just feel like you coming on this podcast is just going to be such an encouragement to people that are worried about those times of loneliness or worried about like the anxiety they might feel leaving their country for the first time to go overseas and do the work of God. So Yanni, what is the best part about being a missionary?
0: There are so many amazing parts about being a missionary, but (laughs) for the sake of time, um, I will say the most rewarding aspect of being a missionary is seeing the love of Christ envelop people who have never had true hope or love or peace before. In the past, I'll never forget seeing worldly barriers or reaching into people groups that on the news are villainized or deemed dangerous. We're being reached and filled with God's peace and love. It's truly one of the most uplifting and encouraging aspects. Another rewarding part of being a missionary is seeing the discipled become the discipler. Being able to witness the miraculous change that only God can do and seeing him mold them into leaders and ministers who can take the gospel into countries and places that we cannot go. I remember during the midst of revival, we were having an unprecedented move of God in a people group who we'd never in a million years thought we would be able to go in and reach their nation. But we started receiving calls and messages of new converts taking the gospel back with them to their countries, and
1: we're having Bible studies and we're winning souls. That is so awesome. If you could choose just like one moment or memory or experience from living overseas, what would it be? You can do one spiritual and one like non spiritual.
0: Okay. So a non spiritual experience would be being surrounded by so many amazing cultures, art, languages, cuisines. And a perk of living in the Europe, Middle Eastern region is you can fly around the world for very little, and traveling within Europe is definitely one of my favorite experiences. One of my favorite spiritual experiences, though, would be going into the underground churches and connecting with so many new believers who were just radiating such a happiness, a glow that only comes from God, who their countenances were just so happy and bright. And though we may have had some language barriers, we were worshiping God together. And that's what I imagine heaven to be like someday.
1: I love that so much. So as a missionary, as a missionary's kid, I know that you probably have faced a lot of different seasons of transition, some expected, some unexpected. How did you trust God in those seasons, even though you didn't know what was next? Yeah,
0: so currently my husband and I are in our season of waiting. So this is something I'm actively like working on myself and trying to prepare myself for. But I was listening to a message by Sister Tinny a couple of months ago, and she quoted this. Tomorrows always consist of what you do today. In fact, she even made the point that every biblical character went through a period of waiting. King David was a prime example of this. During his years as a shepherd boy, whether he knew it or not, he was protecting his sheep. And later, what he did during those days of the in between, he was preparing for the anointing and kingship he would one day have. What you do during the waiting is what you will often bring in the time you're put into action.
1: I love that you brought this up. I feel like so many times our waiting periods can be misconstrued as a spiritual rut. But in reality, God is just telling us to wait so he can prepare us for what is coming next. One of my favorite quotes that actually comes from Ayana's dad is And this is a quote that I want printed on a pillow. Like I want it plastered over my home. I'm going to make merch. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's amazing. But um, this quote comes from Ayana's dad. And it is, blessed are the flexible, for they won't get bent out of shape. And <laughs> I, I feel like this applies to so many areas of life especially ministry, and especially when you're in the waiting period in your ministry. Throughout your life, you will face waiting period after waiting period, and it can be hard just sitting there and waiting for God to tell you what your next move is or waiting for God to open the next door. But these periods of waiting were meant to equip and prepare us by placing us in a season where we are solely relying on God in his word. Romans 8 verses 27 and 28 says, and he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And we know that in." all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Sisters, please know that in your waiting periods or seasons of transition that you may be going through, you are not doing anything wrong. And as long as you are still reading your Bible and you are praying and you're seeking after God, you are right where God needs you to be in this moment. So, Yanni, you said that you and your husband had very different paths when it comes to missions and what you're both called to do now. How did you approach that subject of missions when you and David first started dating or were engaged?
0: So like I said earlier, I knew missions was a part of my future. My plans after graduation was aiming somewhere and assisting wherever I could. But I ended up meeting my husband my junior year. One of the biggest things my parents and mentors in my life had enforced in me was to never settle and to never sacrifice calling for the sake of settling for someone who doesn't see themselves heading in the same direction. I believe it is so important to have mentors in your life who will keep you accountable in this. I am very thankful for parents and mentors who kept me in check and were praying over me in our relationship. In a new relationship, it's really easy to just get caught up in in the feelings and the emotions, but having a mentor in your life who will keep you in check can be so vitally important. And if I'm being honest, I remember being terrified to talk about it. I had already absolutely fallen in love with this man, and I was so scared to bring it up, but he came with me to the Middle East shortly after starting to date, and He had never been outside of America. And prior to the trip, I would say he didn't have a burden. I don't think it was until he was there and experienced the cultures and languages and felt God in such a foreign place. It was after we were engaged, we talked more in depth about it, and we both felt like we would be overseas helping in some way. I want to add that the entire dating and engagement period, we both felt at peace And not only that, but our leadership felt peace as well. I also want to say that I feel like we only get a glimpse of what our callings may be or entail, but I feel like there could be so much more that we may not currently see that is yet to come. So I would recommend to someone who is single or dating to ask themselves, what am I willing to let God do through me? And what hindrances do I put on God?
1: That is so true. And I love that you brought up that these conversations are sometimes scary and they aren't always the easiest conversations to have. When you love someone or something so much in our humanness, it's definitely harder to put those people or things into the hands of God. And it's so important to be in prayer about those decisions and trust in wise counsel. I also just want to add that... Like you said, we're only getting a small glimpse in what God is going to do through us right now. God never stops calling you. He'll never stop calling anyone. If you feel called to youth ministry right now, that's probably not what you're going to be doing. You're in your 50s because I'm sure that God has placed another calling on your life at that point. So I just absolutely love the point that we are all on different paths and sometimes they lead us to the same calling and sometimes it leads us to our spouse. And I just think that, like you said, having peace in these decisions is so important because with the will of God always comes the peace of God. The will of God will never come with Anxiety or turmoil or doubt. And you may feel anxious about moving to another country because that just means you're a person with a brain and like feelings, but you will know that spiritual peace when you're truly in the will of God. Colossians 3, verses 15 says, The peace that Christ gives us is to guide you in the decisions you make. For it is to this peace that God has called you together in the one body, and be thankful. And sisters, there's also no right way to go about finding or following your calling, but there is a wrong way, and that is just simply not trusting in God. Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 7 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not rely on your own understanding, and in all ways know Him, and He will make your paths straight. So sisters, I know that sometimes the will of God can sometimes be intimidating and scary, and we may not in our humanness know how exactly we're going to make it through. But like we said in our last episode, going over one of the questions, it's normal to want to have your hands in everything. But just know that if we truly trust and lean on God, He will work it all out and He will make your path straight always. So my sisters, we have some questions that were asked in our Instagram question that we post every Thursday. So again, if you're not following our Instagram, go make sure to follow our Instagram so you don't miss any updates that we post about the podcast and especially Question Thursdays. We'll come up with a more creative name for that eventually, I promise. So one of the questions was tips on how to get more out of your devotions and Bible reading. I would personally say, um, Sarah says this in one of our earlier episodes, but don't make it just a box to check off. Make sure that you are being intentional with the time you're setting aside to read your devotions or read your Bible, because if you're trying to rush through it just to make sure that you are checking off that box for the day, you're not going to get much out of it. Yana, do you have any advice for our listeners about this?
0: Yeah, I mean, like you said, just being intentional. I know it's so easy to get caught up in just, you know, checking off our little things that we like to do each day, Um, but being intentional about it.
1: I also think like journaling is really helpful and then if you are confused about something you're reading, if you're confused about about a verse, I talked to our youth group about this this past week and I was reading a verse and it literally felt like a tongue twister. Like I felt like I was not comprehending a single thing I was saying and I realized that in those moments where I like – Feel like I'm just reading like a riddle sometimes in the Bible. That's not a verse like I need to skip over. It's something that I need to delve into more. It's something that I need to research. It's maybe words that I need to look up the Hebrew translation of to see like what the Bible is actually telling me. Side note Ayana speaks Hebrew and it is so stinking cool. And then the second question is how to deal with anxiety. And I think – yeah. Ooh. Let this me is, know, sister. Yeah. Once you figure it out, let us know. We'll read it on the podcast. <laughs> but um, Sarah and I are both huge advocates for therapy and just mental health professionals as a whole. Um, I have dealt with anxiety my entire life. My parents have always told me I was just an anxiety-ridden child. Um a, a, another little bit about me, I told you guys I'm an oversharer. So by like our 10th episode, you're going to know every single thing about my life is I have um, PTSD um, diagnosed from medical trauma that I faced when I was a child. And that was something that I really didn't start working on until my adult life. And it caused a lot of anxiety because I was constantly thinking, okay, when is, where's my next – trigger going to pop up. And I think therapy has helped me immensely. It has helped me through some of my most anxious days and on my not so anxious days. It's just kind of helped me build those building blocks for days that I am going to be anxious in the future. And I think a lot of times that When we are facing anxiety, it can be like a controlling factor in our life. And as Christians, we don't like that. But again, I just want to reiterate to all of our listeners that it's normal. And I know that it feels like it shouldn't be, but it is. It's nothing that your sister hasn't ever faced. And yes, therapy is important, but so is prayer and relying on the word of God and bringing those struggles and those fears and those anxious thoughts and holding them up to the word of God and truly resting in the fact that Jesus has you and he is always going to have you and I know that it can be hard when you are in the midst of dealing with anxiety.
0: So I actually do have a note on my phone for when I feel anxious. It's just a bunch of scriptures for peace and for me, something beneficial sometimes is just going over these scriptures. The scripture for peace that really speaks to me is Psalms 34 and 4. And it says, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. And so sometimes when I'm dealing with anxiety, just reading these scriptures, there's more in this note, In this note, but um, just reading these scriptures just gives me some of that peace that I crave during those, those anxious moments.
1: I love that so much that you just have like a full note in your phone with all of the scriptures that just speak peace. I am actually gonna do that like the second we end this recording because there, even though I I do try and rely on God and I do read my Bible and I go to therapy, like that doesn't exclude me from being anxious. There's not a magic recipe or something that's just gonna fix it one day. So I think it's It's definitely a learning process and it's something that I myself and Ayana and I'm Sure, Sarah has to work through every single day. So I'm so thankful that you asked that question, and we will um, sometime, hopefully in the near future, have an episode that is dedicated to mental health because we talk about it a lot on our podcast. We love therapy and we love our therapists, and we want to share um, some knowledge with all of our listeners. So again, I just wanted to thank Ayana from the bottom of my heart for being on this podcast. You truly have so much knowledge about missions and ministry and I just love you so much and I'm so thankful that you were able to be here today.
0: Thank you. I'm so happy to be here and and to share my heart and my burden with you guys. Love y'all.
1: So my sisters, we loved diving into the word of God with you this week. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at So My Sister and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Also, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast episode, we would love to hear from you. Make sure to leave us a five-star review and tell us what you like about our podcast.